One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Let's go to Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and lots of questions coming in. People very much getting out and about in the garden, even though there's a bit of a cold spell on the way. Now, I don't think they're talking about snow, but certainly not down here in the south. It's more up the west and the north. But temperatures are going to dip again over the next few days. So we're not out of the wood when it comes to frosty nights. We're not, and I, I hate when I, when I keep, I keep getting distracted by these uh, warnings popping up on my phone. You know, the, the, the headline grabbing snow is on Arctic chill on the way yeah. to Ireland. And then when I click into it, and it's actually you no, know, it's more kind of wet and mild weather. But I think we're going to be safe enough down here, though they are going to dip, as you say, a bit, but hopefully nothing too severe that that, that shouldn't put a, too much of a, a spanner in the gardens for us. Okay, and thank you to this listener who got the photograph into us nice and early so we were able to get it on to Peter says hi uh, Peter I'm forwarding a picture of my plant I think it has got too big for the pot and it looks like a ceramic pot I've tried to get it out but failed I'm wondering will it survive in the pot or will I have to break and cut it out of the pot oh sorry it's a plastic pot because I had a similar one happened with me with a ceramic pot and I ended up having to break the ceramic pot to get it out but anyway uh, can, can it just be left it, uh, from what I can make out, it's Osmanthus, Osmanthus Burke Woody, and it's a very healthy looking one. It's a lovely looking one. Um, no, the pot has got too small for it, certainly. Now, on saying that, you could you could still get away with leaving it in the pot for a while if you wanted, but uh, fairly soon the leaves will start getting paler green and yellowy and it'll look hungry. So I think it's probably better to get it out of it sooner rather than later and into a bigger pot. Unfortunately, because of the shape of those pots, I suppose the best way to, desco- to describe them, it's like the old-fashioned kind of cauldron pots, isn't it? Where yeah. it's kind of got a belly in the middle of it. So the, the top is narrower than the, the middle of it, which means it's next to impossible to get the root ball out without breaking the pot, I'm afraid. So, uh, yeah, you're going to... Now, it is plastic, so you are, you, you'll be able to cut it. Uh, you, I don't know whether you'll be able to repair it afterwards or not, perhaps, but uh, it's certainly going to have to be cut to get that root ball out, Jess. OK, uh, this is from Caroline in Douglas. What is the best fertiliser for a man-made shallow bed which is now exhausted from overplanting? I have to say, all my own fault. <laughs> well, a fair admission at the end the, the best fertiliser of all is to start creating healthy soil so adding good organic matter to the soil uh, if it, she says it's a shallow bed she doesn't say that um, that it has to remain so do you know what I mean so what I would say is if you can add some good like even your homemade compost some well rotted farmyard manure even chipped bark and just start adding that to the top of the soil 
you know, the earthworms and the soil microbes will start to assimilate it into the existing soil. You can dig it in if you want, but there probably isn't even any need and just start planting into that. If that's not an option for whatever reason, if you can't raise the level of it at all, and I'm not talking about creating a raised bed around it, I'm just talking about putting a few inches of the material on top. Um, if that's not an option and you just want a, a fertilizer, uh, I would look at something like a, an organic chicken manure pellet or something like that. Um, there's a very good one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's the, the fast grow, fast grow. It, you'll see it in most garden centers. I've seen it around a lot and I've used that myself. It's a very good one. It's an Irish made product um, uh, and it's based on, on, on seaweed and chicken manure. So I would give that a go, certainly. But in the first instance, I'd look at it just improving the soil by adding more organic matter to it. Teresa wants to know, can she divide hellebore plants which have spread? And if so, can I do it now? Yes, you can do it. Can you do it now? No, I'm, that's why I'm hesitating. A bit, you're a bit early. They're in full flower at the moment, or they should be. Um, I would wait. You you normally would divide your herbaceous, uh, which which hellebore is any of these perennials, uh, kind of early in the winter to now. But actually, hellebores because they're a winter flowering perennial, uh, you wait a while for them. You don't cut them back till the flowering is nearly finished. So probably about a month's time is when I'd be cutting them, or dividing them. Okay, this is gorgeous. I'll get John Paul to send you on the picture afterwards. But somebody said, six years ago, I moved into my forever home. The garden was just grass and bare walls. I started following and taking on Peter Dowdell's advice and started digging and just experimenting. This is today and the colour is heartwarming and it's just beautiful. She's got gorgeous colour already in the garden this early in spring. It's beautiful. So well done. And that's what gardening is all about. It's about digging and experimenting. It's, it's trial and error. Do send that on because I'd love to see it. And I actually had the pleasure yesterday of calling to a garden of uh, 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 Margaret Norton. She may well be listening to you now up in Dunhamore. Many will know her. She opens her garden for the hospice from time to time. But uh, I was up there yesterday looking around. And the first time I was there giving a few tips and pointers was nine years ago, I think, Trish. And um, you want to see what they've done herself and her son, Corey, what they have done in the nine years. It's just fantastic but it is it's just that it's it's get out there give it a go you'll end up moving things you'll end up making mistakes and but you know what it's it's, beauty first of all is in the eye of the beholder and second of all no matter how beautiful it is or not you'll have certainly great fun on the journey And, and the one thing I find you can while away hours without even noticing it best therapy you can ever yeah, have not yeah. to mention the physical work though. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fantastic yeah. uh, Hi uh, Patricia could you please ask uh, Peter and this is kind of similar to what number of calls what can I do for my lawn it's a carpet of moss how do I get rid of it like this it's just a lot of, it comes up every year but it seems to be particularly maybe we had a very wet winter did we there seems to be a lot of people have moss problems We've, I, th- I think we've had two very wet winters and a particularly wet summer. And I know we did get a couple of dry, warm spells, but it's been a... I don't know what the statistics, I haven't checked, but I'm fairly sure the last 18 months have been, you know, wetter than normal, let's say. So, yes, I mean, moss will just thrive in our warm and damp climate. Um, the, the best thing to do with it really is to scarify it. We discussed scarifying last week. It's really where you give it a mechanical rake, Trish. It kind of rips up the existing moss and the thatch, which is at the base of the grass. Uh, and what thatch is, is it's kind of, it's dead and decaying tissue from the from the grass. It's building up in the soil surface. And it becomes a problem when it when it's building up quicker than it can break down, if you know what I mean. That leads to kind of poor growing conditions for the grass. Okay. Now to scarify it will remove a lot of that thatch or alleviate a lot of that thatch and it'll remove the moss. 
Um, and to do like it, it's you know back to basics a lot in the garden. It's back to hand weeding to get removing of of weeds. Back to kind of raking or scarifying to remove moss. It's the best thing you can do. And then when you're treating the lawn, certainly in the first instance, don't dream. If you want my advice, do not dream of using these lawn weed feed and moss killers because they're full of chemicals. You're you're blanket bombing the lawn with, with unnecessary chemicals that may or may not work on the moss. So please don't do that. But also the, the moss killing products that are based on sulfate of iron, which many of them are, Trish, they, they will kill your moss. They'll turn it black and you'll be left with black moss. I prefer green moss personally, but um, you'll still have to get rid of the black. But the other problem is with the sulfate of iron based solutions, they're making the soil a bit more acidic, which is the ideal conditions for moss to come back. So use something that's more alkaline and based on garden lime, because that's ideal pH for grass, but um, it, it creates conditions that moss can't tolerate. So look at increasing the pH of the soil to, in, in the lawn to prevent moss. Okay, somebody wants to know, is it okay to remove withered pieces from flowers and shrubs if there's new growth coming through, either by cutting it or just pulling it away? Absolutely, and particularly if they're perennials, Trish, so if they're kind of, you know, flowering herbaceous perennials, which of what that term means is just a plant, a perennial is a plant that will come on every year, and the herbaceous just means that it dies back every year in the winter. So with herbaceous perennials, you'll have all that brown, you know, for want of a better word, dead material uh, up over the ground. You can choose to leave it up there for the winter or not, uh, but it is, in effect, dead. It's dead material, so you can remove it whenever you want and just let the new growth come in March. As you say, you can just pull it off or cut it off. Absolutely safe to do. If we're talking about shrubs, it's slightly different. Uh, it'll, it'll be a certain pruning. You'd need to, you, you know, I couldn't give a catch-all answer on that. But if it's just flowering perennials where all the growth has died back for the winter, absolutely, you could remove all that growth now, the dead growth now. Okay, a listener said last year they had a lot of black spot on their roses. How do you prevent it happening this year? That's a well-timed question because it's we did have a lot of black spot and all these fungal infections, again, tying back to the climate, um, Tricia, our warm, damp climate is the fungal infections like this thrive in these conditions. Uh, and the reason it's well-timed, the question is because it's much easier to prevent the roses from getting these infections uh, than it is to cure them. So, And one of the ways that you help to prevent them getting it is with good pruning. And pruning your roses should be done ideally before the end of February, early March, so in the next few weeks. Prune, bearing in mind two things, I don't want to overly complicate it, the two things to bear in mind when you're pruning roses are that you're trying to avoid any crossing branches and that you're pruning to a leaf bud or a node that's pointing out, in other words, away from the centre of the plant. Because as you can imagine, if all the stems start growing through the centre, Trish, and across the centre of the plant, they're all crossing, they're rubbing against each other, it gets very congested. This leads to poor air circulation within the plant and obviously, again, ideal conditions for, for fungal infections. If they're kind of, if you have a nice open centre, a lot of air going through the plant, branches aren't crossing, that's much healthier for the plant and it makes it much uh, much more likely to prevent it getting these fungal infections. Also, a drench with um, with copper sulphate and water, solution of copper sulphate mixed with water, drench with that, uh, just when the leaves are coming out in the rows, probably another few weeks yet, uh, and that will help again to prevent any of these fungal problems. And a final question, could you please ask Peter if a China girl tree that was planted five years ago, can it be transplanted? Do you know what a China girl tree is? I do, yeah, yeah. it's a, t- a variety of cornus or dogwood, cornus, cows, a China girl, um, really beautiful tree actually, white flowering. They planted it five years ago, it can be moved, your window of opportunity is more or less gone because the temperatures are going against you, I'm afraid, but the leaves are bur- busting. Um, 
you'd normally, I would suggest moving it between November and end of February. You still have a week or two in, in by the textbook, but like you kind of judge by what the trees are doing more than the textbook and the, the trees are coming into leaf. Um, however, it's only five years. So it it is, you know, technically we would call that established if it's five years, but you, you could, ideally I'd probably wait till November before I would do it. But if it needs to be done, do it now, get as big a root ball as possible, uh, move it to its new home immediately. In other words, have its new home ready before you lift it. Um, uh, prune it back a bit over the ground to counteract the root damage that you're going to do in, in the move uh, and then pay close attention to watering it this, this spring and summer. Nature may do that for you but uh, <laughs> equally it may not so you'll have to pay attention to that yourself. Okay and a very quick one that's come in. Hi Peter my hydrangeas have lots of new shoots should I cover it uh, particularly with the next few days being forecast for a little bit of frost? No, I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't be worried about that. I mean, yes, we may get a little bit of frost. It may damage those tender new shoots, but that'll only, I, well, touch wood, this could come back to bite me now, but <laughs> that should only be very superficial damage. Yeah. I wouldn't be, they, they might go very dramatically black, but they'll grow out of it very quickly. Okay, have a great week and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. And you. Thanks, Trish. Thanks for that. That is uh, Peter Dowdell, the Irish Gardener.com.